Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to 15 Minutes with Lincoln. Uh, I am one of your two hosts, Timothy Robert Dunn, a screenwriter in Chicago. And I am your other host, Abraham Lincoln, 16th President of the United States, and also a screenwriter. But I'm not in Chicago. I'm in Tinseltown. Abe, honestly, that was just muscle memory at this point. I've gotten so used to saying a screenwriter. It's from the old days of saying a common man in Chicago. Well, you had half of it from the old days, and you had, the, uh, I guess, the screenwriter part from the new days. Because, listeners, you know, when you tune into a podcast, right. you need to know what the podcast used to be about. And this podcast used to be about history and politics. And it was. We stuck For to years. That. Years and years, it was that. And only that. We were very yeah. strict. We kept to that domain that was our expertise, our bailiwick. We really were just speaking about Current events, politics, and I, Abraham Lincoln, shed nothing but a 19th century perspective upon these events in order to help Tim understand things. And, Abe, let me take it know, from here. You're kind of being a little long-winded about the intro. This used to be a podcast about politics and history. It is now a podcast about making movies in Tinseltown. We're screenwriters right. in L.A., baby. That's what we are. That's right. We are making the movies, and we are in the magic land. That's right. Um, and... Today we're doing something kind of unique because um, Abe and I have a draft of one of our screenplays. We can just say it, President Metalhead. Like, I know it's it's like doing, it's like, I'm you know, I'm sure they did 30 drafts of Iron Man. And this is our Iron Man. Like, not to put pressure on us, but if President Metalhead doesn't work, the entire PMCU doesn't work. Right. Yes. This is our draft of President Metalhead, the current draft. It is draft... 72.2. That's right. And a few other screenwriters have been like, what does the point system mean? And I, we, you, it's a, it's kind it's of a, ver- a, yeah. It's a version control process we have when we make slight edits, then it becomes a point tenth of an update. And then once it rolls over, it becomes a full one. So we've done 722 revisions. So now we have 72.2 is what our, our screenplay is. And this week we're going to do something a little different on the podcast. No, usually we're a little opaque about what's going on out here in Tinseltown, other than we're having the time of our lives. We're out here on vacation 24-7 because we don't work a day in our lives because we're doing what we love. And I know it seems like, oh, wow, these guys are just having the best life. Everything's going so well for them. Oh, baby. They, Oh, baby. They're having fun. They're in the sun. They're on the run. But you know what? We do do a lot of work. We write a lot. And so we're going to give you a rare peek behind the curtain as to what the nitty gritty details of of our daily lives are like. Yeah. So here we are. So here we are. We sent off our screenplay for some feedback because at this point we just, that's where we are in the process. We need somebody else to take a look. So we sent it to uh, somebody we met that we thought uh, this guy, this guy is the guy we need. We need his, we need his unique perspective. Um, Abe, any, anything? To be fair. Yeah, we sent it to a lot of people we didn't meet either. We sent it to Denise Villeneuve. We sent it to Steven Spielberg. Yeah. Paul Tam- Thomas Anderson. George Lucas. Um, and Christopher Dolan. Yeah. And and so you know, Sofia Coppola, is... in case you're wondering, like, why didn't you send it to any female? We sent it to Sofia Coppola, too. Sofia Coppola at yeah. gmail.com. Steven Spielberg at gmail.com. Yeah. Christopher Nolan at gmail.com. They all were copied on this. And you, why is this, Timothy? Why don't you tell the listeners why we did this? Because it's not just about the feedback. It's also about the networking. It's so that they know, ooh, who are these? Are these the hot new screenwriters in town? And the answer is yes, we are, if you read the script. 
So read the script, and you'll figure out that we're the hot new screenwriters in town. Which they will. Of I mean, course. maybe one of the one of them will be busy, or he'll forget to, or she'll forget to circle back to the email. But yeah, they'll read it. They'll see. Yeah. Um. So we've got some uh, some feedback that we're going to open up and just get our, our initial reactions to it. Abe, you haven't uh, read or heard this yet. Uh, I just saw that Carl, and I'm only going to use his first name because I don't want to. I don't want it to seem like a brag that we got him or whatever. Um, he sent him to me, um, and so I'm, j- I'm just going to open the email and and uh, read them. So, and yeah, as we've learned, it's always good to do these live reactions of the podcast. Yeah, this has never gone wrong for us. So, Abe, uh, you ready to get started? I'm ready. Let's click into and this thing. I'm always open for fe- to hear feedback. Me too. I'm always, I'm always looking to incorporate some suggestions to make things better. Right. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> Abe and Tim, really great stuff. Oh, that's nice. Um, when you came by my car wash... Wait, what's he mean stuff? What's he mean stuff? It's a screenplay. It's not a stuff. I think Carl just mean... I think he's just being general there. I don't know if I like this. Okay. I don't think he... I don't trust he's actually read it. He didn't get it. Yeah, I don't think he got it. Let's... Abe, let's hold... We're, it's just... It's early, you know? Like, let's just get through the intro and, and we'll... We'll go note by note. I pro- Abe and Tim, really great stuff. When you came by my car wash recently and said that you were screenwriters that were about to blow up big time like huge, I was really impressed and honored that you would want me to give you feedback on your script. As I said several times at the car wash, I don't really know anything about screenwriting or story structure or characters or movies in general, so I'm not really sure why you want my feedback. At first, he's being modest, by the way. At first, I thought, well, maybe there's a car wash scene in the movie and they need help with the authenticity, but there wasn't. So I did the best I could and left some thoughts and questions about the script. Again, I don't really know anything about movies, so keep that in mind as you read through these. Nice to meet you both. Very nice. uh, Very nice of him. I hope you come in for an express wash and wax once you buy those dream cars you told me about. Parentheses, Dodge Charger and Small Limousine, which you said you'd buy... Once you blow up big like huge. Good luck with the script and nice to meet you both. Carl. What? Like how small of a limousine, Abe? Because I, I, I'm the Dodge Charger. How? What kind of small limousine? Enough where I can have privacy from the driver, but not too big that I'm going to have trouble in traffic. Okay, that makes sense. Because it, it, where it's still a limousine, it's just a little bit. Yeah. yeah, we're optimizing the size of the limousine with respects to, you know, privacy. Right. Okay, so it looks like Carl broke these down by page. Um, let's just hop in here. Page one, it says that President Metalhead throws his nunchucks, which then hit the thief, continue spinning in the air, and come back to him. I don't think that's how nunchucks work. Do you mean a boomerang? I think boomerangs do that. No, nunchucks do that. It's kind of like... And by the way, three or four movies down the road, we do have a character say, like, how do the nunchucks do that? Like, it's not like we're not going to be self-aware about it, but, like... It'll get a big laugh, too, in the theater yes. when that happens. But I'm just... In my mind, when I think about President Metalhead fighting, that is so iconic, the spinning nunchucks flying around the room, that, like, I get where he's coming from. Yeah, of course. Of, uh, heads aren't made of metal. Like, I get where he's coming from, but, like, we just need a little bit of... We need the audience to come with us on this, so... All right, well, he swung and he missed there. Yeah, swing and a miss. 
<clears throat> Page eight. I like that we move from the intense action sequence at the beginning to a slower scene in which Metalhead eats dinner with friends. But does the script assume some kind of partnership with Blaze Pizza? The characters talk a lot about different menu items that are available at Blaze Pizza, which doesn't match the tone of the movie. But if they're necessary for a partnership, that makes sense. Abe, do you want to? Yeah, a whole lot of things jump out about this. Yeah. Again, I'm I'm open to feedback, but that's just absolute trash. He skipped pages two through seven and goes right to eight. And then he's talking about the tone of the movie as if he's read the whole movie at this point. Is he going back to write these notes after he's read the whole script? If that's the case, he's not going to be fresh on what he just read. Sure. So he shouldn't be commenting on the tone of the script. Also, thirdly, he should, he should know that Blaze Pizza is really actually actually really good it's really good you, stuff you and i go in there we always seem to find somebody who started a hot spot on yeah. their phone so we can get wi-fi exactly and they never seem to mind if we're in there all day we just have like one cup of a drink yeah and if you're out there saying well is that lazy that that was the only thing that inspired you no shut up no that's not that's not the case it's not lazy because we were at blaze pizza six days a week writing so how are we lazy? We've been working all those days. To answer your earlier question, and I wish he didn't do it this way with his feedback, but when he's not hitting on like page two, page three, page four, in my mind, that's him saying like, well, those are perfect pages. But he should, oh. if that's the case, he should say that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, he, he needs to say that. But, you know, again, he, he'll learn. Yeah. Um, page 22 feels early for a sex scene. I think you guys can spend less time in the script describing the sex scene and just let us know that it's going to happen at this point in the script. Um, that assume, I mean, films are made at three times when they're written, when they're shot and when they're edited. And we assume that we're going to be doing all three. So that's as much a note to our future selves of how to direct and edit the sex scene. Does that make sense, Abe? I think so. I think what we're saying is that the sex scene is going to have to be written yeah, and then filmed and then edited, and we need to make sure we get as much detail in all those as possible. So we're, the reason why we have so much detail in the sex scene is so like we remember when we're directing and editing this like what we actually want. Like right. If it just said like, sex scene and you and I show up on the day to co-direct it uh, like the Wachowskis, who knows what we're going to come up with. No, no, no. We're not going to come up with what we need. That's why we're going to be like the Russo brothers right. who direct all the good, so many good Marvel movies where we're going to be like, okay, then you're like, does this? And then that body part right. does this. And then you make this face. And then you say, I don't, I don't, I don't care that it's soft. It still works for me. Yeah. And then you say, oh, I've always wanted someone to say that to me. And then we tell them, oh, okay. Wait, is that how you're going to say that? And then they say, yeah, that's how I was going to say that. We say, no, it should actually be like this. You should be like, I always wanted someone to tell me that. Like, that's how it goes on set for us. Yeah. And we, uh, I, I feel like we should also say on top of writer, director, editor, we're going to be the intimacy coordinator too because it's I don't want to – I don't trust that to somebody else. Like, I feel like you and I should just do the intimacy coordination. So, Yeah. Uh, page 37, I, I like that we see a flashback here to President Metalhead's martial arts training, but the sequence when he listens to the full song of Champagne Supernova by Oasis would probably eat up a lot of the scene time. Maybe just do a clip of him listening to it or use it as the background music while he's training. Um, I mean, it's trouble. 
I'm trying not to read too much into these notes at this point. Because, like, it's it's troubling that he would even read the full lyrics to Champagne Supernova in the script and think of that as, like, a problem. Do you know, it, like, it, it just bugs yeah. me. Yeah. Look, we knew when we came out here that there were a lot of jealous people in Los Angeles because it's a really competitive business and a lot of feelings get hurt along the way. But it still really just stinks when you run into it head on like this where someone is just so caught up in their own personal baggage they can't appreciate you know a six minute mid-90s alternative rock song also if if we don't play that i don't know i don't know how we like clarify like what time it is you know what i mean like i guess someone could say the exact year and date or something like that but that's the other option we could go with but anyways we're gonna keep it we're gonna keep that uh bad note um, page 51, seeing the perspective of the Arbiter is interesting because we learn more about the villain's perspective and backstory with President Metalhead. Cool. Uh, but again, I wish this scene took place somewhere other than a blaze pizza. It took me out of the script when the Arbiter was detailing his plan, but then stopped to order the BFF bundle to build your own 11 inch pizzas, two fountain drinks and two desserts. Okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> So I would like to, I'd like Carl and all the listeners out here to be aware of a principle that they have at screenwriting called show, don't tell. Yeah. And it means that you want to show things. You don't want to necessarily tell people things. So when you show someone like the arbiter making an order like that at Blaze Pizza, that is showing the audience that this person is having a really good day, that they are able to actually order two pizzas. Right. Like they're actually able to order the two pizzas and the two drinks. That's excellent news. That's like a really remarkable good day. They didn't just have to sit there and share one little fountain drink. They were able to have like the pizzas that day. That's crucial information. And I think that he's just not picking that up. And I, you and I know this stuff, but like, and I don't want to spoil anything for the listener, but like go back and compare Arbiter's order to Metalhead's order. And there's like a lot to dig into there. uh, As far as the script, that's all I'm going to say. But like, and is that our fault that, carl missed that or is carl did carl just miss it you know so okay page 68 fight on top of the semi trucks is a cool idea but it kind of seems like you took it from the script of matrix reloaded the name neo shows up several times on lines that i think are supposed to be said by president metalhead okay okay yeah yeah fair okay fair Page 74, the fact that we see Metalhead get badly hurt is important here because up to this point, he has been essentially invincible. (laughs) Yeah, no no shit. However, it's a strange transition for him to go from being so badly hurt into another sex scene. It made me wonder if he was actually that hurt. And and again, you guys don't have to be that descriptive when you write that there's a sex scene in the script. Um, I... But there's so much intimacy to that moment where he goes from having his wounds treated by the Blaze pizza actress to the sex scene that I don't I don't want to I feel like we don't see enough of that side of Metalhead so I don't I don't think I want to lose that. No, he's vulnerable and because he's vulnerable, he lets her in and then she lets him in. Right. And then they take turns going in and out and in and out, which we detail. Okay, um, page 82. Oh, I like this one. Snowboarding scene rules. That's good. I like, yeah. 
Good note. Yeah, now I'm thinking we need to cut it if this guy likes it. Is that right? Yeah, I'm worried he's got he's got the wrong vibe. I get where you're coming from because I've been pretty disappointed with Carl's feedback. I do think the snowboarding scene rules, though. That's true. It does rule. Um, we'll take we'll take another look at it. Um, it's page eighty nine. The scene where everyone gears up for the final fight is very cool. Up to this point, though, I saw present Metalhead as more of a martial arts-based hero, but here he said he's going to introduce the Arbiter to his pal, the Shotgun. Maybe the confrontation should only have martial arts. Also, why do they store all their weapons at the Blaze Pizza? Does the store manager know that? Um, I'm going to go backwards and then forwards. Uh, store manager is going to be, like, comedian part. Like, that's whoever is the hot new comedian in town is going to be the Blaze Pizza store manager, so I, you know... This is that's too much exposition or whatever from him. Maybe he'll come in, walk in while they got all their guns, and then open the door, look really scared, and then walk out. That's all I want from store manager at that point. Um, they store all their weapons at the Blaze Pizza because it's it's a Blaze Pizza and hideout, and like maybe that's on us for not making that clear enough. I don't know. I I don't know. I mean, do you ever actually hear like Iron Man be like, hey? Stark Tower, that's my hideout. Right, no. Um, and then, yeah, I, you're right. Like, yes, first first part is martial arts, but then he becomes, part of his hero's journey is realizing that he has a shotgun and he's going to use it, and that he's very good with the shotgun. So, I, you know, it's like, it's like when you power up your character partway through the movie. He needs the shotgun. Like, I guess we could consider... There's like a martial arts technique, but I just, he's iconically a shotgun guy and a martial arts guy. You've got to heighten. Yeah. You've got to heighten. So come on, Carl. Um, page 101. Did I miss a scene where the arbiter was president metalheads youth pastor in the flashbacks? It really seems important to the relationship. And I don't think there was a scene setting that up. No, there wasn't a scene setting that up, but, um, there doesn't have to be a scene every time we introduce information. No, you just... don't you don't see like Darth Vader there when Amidala is delivering her baby. You know why? Cuz he just got burned on that fire planet when Obi-Wan defeated him. But what I'm saying is you yeah, like like Abe said you don't have to see everything. Okay, Carl, anything else from this guy? Uh last one. Yes, page 108. I like the president metalhead spares the arbiter as it shows that he's grown to value the lives of even his greatest enemies and also sets the series up nicely for a sequel. Hey, nice job, Carl. Um, however, the last few pages of the script seem out of place to me. This doesn't really seem like the type of movie where people should sing a fun song. Like you make my dreams come true by Holland Oates over the credits. Also, I think you just take footage from scenes that had bloopers and put them together. I don't think screenwriters script bloopers Anyway, thanks, guys. Good luck. Um, no, we're... Yeah, you're right, Carl. We're doing something different. Like, we want the best blooper scene that's ever been. So, like, if we have to take it into our own hands and do that, then fine. Like, imagine someone telling George Lucas, like, hey, I don't think swords actually have, like, light on them. I think they're just actual, like, blades. You hey, know? why would there be a trench on this on this uh, space station? I don't know, because it looks cool, you know? Yeah. Well, thanks, Carl, for reading. Yeah. I guess you just don't get it. Yeah. Um, man, that's a bummer. 
That is such a bummer. Uh, yeah. Hopefully we'll get other feedback coming in. I, we gave out a lot of scripts at that car wash, so like hopefully someone else will get back to us with uh, on the email address we attached to the script. I just like this is a little disheartening, listeners. I'm gonna I'm gonna level with you. We we expected more from Carl. Yeah, we just thought Carl was cool and that he was going to be somebody that we would like. And it turns out Carl's just like another, you know, energy emotional vampire out here in Los Angeles who's just out here sucking everybody else dry and then living off of the fumes of other people's hopes. And he's too chicken himself to be on the grind, so he's just out here hating. Yeah. What a bummer. Um Folks, if you want to give us feedback on President Metalhead, um, email us at 15minuteswithlincoln at gmail.com. That's numerical, one five minutes at lincoln at gmail.com. Or ask us any questions about the script. We'd be happy to read those off on the show. And as always, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Um, it just feels bad to end the episode on such a downer because he didn't get it. But Abe, any, any last thoughts? No, I mean, you know, um, you know, prayers... To everybody in the Ukraine, I want to know that everyone here in Hollywood's really thinking about them. Yeah. yeah. And I think if, you know, there's, you know, there's one big silver lining in all this mess is that I am just hearing about a lot of great screenplays being crafted right now about yeah. this situation. So I think you have that to look forward to, Ukrainians. And we... Abe and I have talked about this, and we're going to give 5% of all improv escape room um, profits to something about Ukraine. Yeah, profits, um, not revenue profits. Not re- Yeah, no, no, no. Over-the-top kind of profits. 5% to something about Ukraine um, pretty soon here. So so we'll, we'll keep people posted. And with that, folks, uh, we'll see you next time on 15 Minutes with Lincoln.